Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Touchdown, Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by Wonkley Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Kruk joined, as always, by the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and Super Bowl 37 champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Rondé Barber, as we gear up for December football in the NFL, which, guys... It's officially crunch time. And before we look ahead to week 13, let's get your takeaways from last week's games where once again, we saw some big time favorites go down like the Buccaneers, the Ravens and the Seahawks all lost. And just give us your thoughts from last week. I'm, I'm thinking Tiki may have something to say about the uh, U.S. World Cup team, too. Yeah, just against- the World Cup. I mean, they're amazing. They haven't conceded a goal yet. Right. They haven't lost yet. They can't score. But they're through to the round of 16, and that's all that matters. Interestingly, my big takeaway from last weekend is one of the losingest teams in the NFL this year, and that is the defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. Three and eight they are. No team since the 1986 and then into 87 defending Super Bowl champion, New York Giants, started a season this poorly. And no team has ever done three and nine. And I think the Rams might be three and nine. That's what you get when you mortgage your future to win championships. Crap. But it's, but at the end of the day, they won a championship. Exactly. It's worth it. <laughs> I bet you Buffalo or Minnesota might take that. Right. My takeaway is uh, I'm really beginning to believe that the 49ers might be the second best team in the NFC. <laughs> Just they, the defense is fantastic. The offense is like behind a quarterback who's having the best career, best year of his career, uh, who was going to be on the bench all year. It's it's amazing. Uh, there's going to be so much drama in this month of football, not including the World Cup. And Tiki Senegal team is through. Good call. Well, well done, sir. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well done, sir. But I got to give credit to Trevor Lawrence for beating the uh, for the Ravens and Jacoby Brissett on his swan song game before Deshaun Watson comes back, goes out and beats my bucks. I just that football, man. I just I've been saying it all year. Can't call it, dude. You cannot. Every week. That was more on the bucks than it was on the Browns. Oh, oh, yeah. Easy, guys. Easy now. <laughs> Easy. I love the, the tree behind you, Tiki, but I, I got to tell you, 
I don't think I can be a Giants fan anymore after they got the old meaningless touchdown to cover against Dallas with eight seconds to go on Thanksgiving. Way to ruin the meal, man. It wasn't just them. You realize the Dallas Cowboys missed a easy field goal as well. I knew as soon as he missed Touché. the field goal, my mind went backdoor cover, backdoor cover, <laughs> backdoor cover. <laughs> you were on fire last week, man. And as we roll into week number 13, the teams with the best record against the spread are those New York football giants. Uh, Tennessee and Cincinnati, they have all covered the spread in eight of their 11 games. Yay, yay. We all celebrate. <laughs> uh, what's crazy as we come into this week, no team has clinched a playoff berth yet. Over half the teams still have a chance to get to the postseason. However, coming into week 13, the Vikings and the Eagles both could clinch a spot in the postseason if some things go uh, their way this weekend. And although they haven't officially been eliminated from playoff contention, my Broncos, the Texans, and the Bears – pretty much have a 0% chance of making right. it. Pretty right. sad, guys. You know, you know it's uh, cheeky. What were, the, what were your Giants over-under wins this year? Did you say seven? I was seven, yeah. Yeah. They, are they going to win another game? They're going to one of these times, and it better be this weekend at home. I love they it. got a big one at home, no doubt about it, with Washington. Uh, stacked week of action, really, from top to bottom. Six games between teams with winning records, fellas. Uh, on by this week are uh, the Cardinals and the Panthers. And we kick things off with Thursday night football in a big-time AFC East showdown when the 8-3 and three Buffalo Bills look to keep pace with the Miami Dolphins when they travel to Foxborough to tangle with the six and five New England Patriots who are battling for their playoff lives. The Bills took out the Lions on Thanksgiving Day while the Patriots lost to the Vikings on that same day. Both teams come into this one very well rested. The Pats six, four and one against the spread while the Bills come in five, five and one. Opening odds for this matchup, according to Superbook.com, had the Buffalo Bills at minus five and a half on the road, guys, the total was sitting at 45 and a half. Money is coming in on New England. As of this recording, the current odds from Superbook.com, uh, Buffalo is down to a three and a half point favorite, and the total has gone down to 43 and a half. Money line Buffalo minus 190, and the comeback on New England plus 170. All right, let's talk about this one. Can New England stay in the race uh, in the East? And uh, what version of Buffalo do we see this week, guys? This is such an interesting Buffalo Bills team. They're the number two scoring offense in the NFL, the number two total offense in the NFL. And everyone would have you believe that Josh Allen is an MVP favorite. However, you know he's got 11 interceptions, which lead the National Football League. You also know that they have five red zone turnovers, which is the most in the National Football League. It's why their touchdown conversion percentage in the red zone of 76% is one of the worst in the league. So as good as they are, they've actually had a lot of issues doing the things that they historically have done really well. Vaughn Miller is out. So they lose a little bit of their their rush uh, offense, uh, defense that have been so disruptive to so many people. And when you look at New England, they're a team when they play clean, 
that they can beat you because they have Mac Jones, who had one of his best days. I think it's statistically best day last weekend in Minnesota where nobody thought that he would he would have that. And their defense is always top notch. So I know on paper, this looks like it should be New England by a lot. I mean, uh, uh, Buffalo by a lot. But in actuality, New England is starting to play better while the Buffalo Bills are starting to slide ever so slightly. It's almost imperceptible. But when you look at it, it's really there. I felt like that Buffalo game, it wasn't so much that they got a win the second week in a row in Detroit. Did you see everybody's face on the sideline, especially Diggs and Josh mm-hmm. Allen? It was mm-hmm. relief. Yeah. They were just like, we got away with one right there. Buffalo is no longer dominant. I mean, we can we, we can argue all we want to about uh, their, their stats, number two scoring offense. Their defense is still sliding. We t- talked about that last week. They're not playing as well. And what I like about uh, New England, they're proving that they're not just this middling team that's just holding on, waiting until they get better in a year or two. They're in this thing. You know, obviously, uh, Mac Jones had his best career day most passing yards he's had in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a game in his career against the Vikings defense last week that is last in the league in pass defense so you, you more or less expected it but what it's surprising to me with New England is they're doing it without running the football anymore they're second the third to last in attempts third to last in yards in the last month of the season and so they're relying on Mac Jones to get the job done and they're doing it it's pretty amazing to me how good of a coach Bill Belichick is proving to be again when he has to play whomever he has to play. And in this week, familiarity, right? We always say a familiarity breeds understanding. They know what this game is about. I tend to believe that they will put together a game plan that takes away Stefan Diggs and find a way to stay in this football game. I know the 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 the, the, the spread is three and a half or whatnot. Right. Those numbers go out the window in a game like this. The one thing that I I will say about Buffalo. They have been able to survive, especially on defense, because of Vaughn Miller, because of the, what they're getting in pass rush. But I'll tell you this, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, and Shaq Lawson, when he plays, do not equal Vaughn Miller by <laughs> collectively. So it, it, this this one's going to be interesting. I'm still trying to figure out – I'm still trying to figure out why – why Josh Allen tries to do everything by himself. Yes, he can do it <laughs> much for most yards on the team. He can pass for most yards on the team. But Ken Dorsey eventually has to realize that there's other players on his team that are going to have to make plays for them, especially in December when it gets important. They're going to have to make plays for, for this football team or they're going to find themselves on the short end again. They came in this season as favorites. I don't know that they're favorites right now to be the team that comes out of the AFC the way they played the past month of the year. Great setup, Rondé, because current odds, according to Superbook.com, and I think this is for the first time this season, Kansas City now has the shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo goes down to four to one. The Chiefs are three to one. So Buffalo opens up as a five and a half point road favorite. The money coming in on New England, uh, it's down to three and a half points now. Tiki, who do you like in this one? I think this one gets shorter for New England. So I'm taking New England at three and a half. Uh, Let's face it. They know how to play at this time of year. December football is something that's almost ingrained in their culture. And the formula for stopping, hampering, slowing down, whatever words you want to use, the Buffalo Bills, is quite simple. Give Stefan, take away Stefan Diggs 
and prevent Josh Allen from hurting you with his legs. You also realize, Rondé, he is their leading rusher and yeah. rushing touchdown leader. The quarterback, they have yeah. zero options other than Josh Allen right now. And if they, if, and we know who the master is at manufacturing a scheme to shut down a guy. That's Bill Belichick. So I'm taking New England here, getting three this and a half. One, This one's good because the Bills are always going to be able to score points, right? But like you said, if they can take away Stefan Diggs, which you know Bill Belichick will find a way to find somebody else to beat me, who's that going to be? Well, we know it's not going to be the running game. It's either going to be Josh Allen or, or Stefan Diggs. I, what I noticed last week, Isaiah McKenzie, who had a career day against New England in the playoffs last year, had a, his first, his best first game of the year last year. That guy in the slot could be the difference, but I put it this way. New England hasn't won a game against a meaningful opponent yet. They haven't beat a good team yet. This is their chance to beat a good team. They got to play them later in the year, yes, but I, I, I'm kind of – Digging here with Tiki, man. New England finds a way to cover this. Buff- Buffalo's playing too close to the vest right now. They're going to lose one of these games. It's going to hurt them in the end. G- give me those points with uh, with New England. I think this is at least a three-point game. It's a division game. I- I'm-, I'm with you, bro. Yeah, keep an eye on that line. If it keeps moving down to – if it goes to three, that's a big move as well. My take, New England has the defense to slow down Buffalo, uh, especially in the red zone. Tiki, you mentioned it. Buffalo struggling to score third worst in the NFL in the red zone. Mac Jones had a big day, but that was against a struggling Vikings defense. The Bills D is a different beast, even without Von Miller. I've gone back and forth with this one. I I think, though, as I was looking at this, the Patriots defense will keep them in this down the stretch. But I'm behind you, too. Um, I need to make a comeback with some picks. So despite John Hoglund telling us that big money is coming in on New England, I'm going to be that guy. I think Josh Allen will, although uh, New England will keep it close, he will lead Buffalo to a win with his legs. Their third straight at Gillette Stadium. I'm going to lay the points with Buffalo. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, this is a big, I interrupt you again. I'll tell you what, this is a big game for Buffalo too. Man, I know everybody thinks that they're they're the favorites. They play three division foes three weeks in a row now. They got this game, they got crunch the Jets, time. and then the Dolphins. This is absolutely crunch time for the Bills. If they're the team that we all think they're going to be, this is where it starts. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of why I'm doing it, too, because I I picked them to win the Super Bowl. This is where it starts. They need home field advantage. If the Chiefs get home field advantage again uh, this year, they're going to steamroll again to the big game. All right. Superbook still offering some crazy bonuses and promotions, including up to $1,000 when you sign up, make a deposit and a wager. Plus, get in on the weekly Football point spread parlay bonus. Check out superbook.com for details and download the app today. Well, guys, who would have thought we'd be talking about the New York Jets in week 13? <laughs> but after quarterback Mike White sparked that impressive 31 to 10 win over the Bears in the rain last week, the seven and four. J-E-T-S, travel to Minnesota to take on the 9-2 and Vikings. As I mentioned, just beat the uh, Patriots at home last Thursday. Jets 7-4 and four against the spread, and the Vikings come in 5-5-1 five, five and one against the spread. Superbook opened up the odds with the Vikings a 
field goal favorite and the total at 41 and a half points. Checking out the odds as of this recording, uh, the line has not moved. Minnesota still a favorite at home by a field goal, but the total, man, I guess betters are expecting some points to be scored in this one. The total has gone from 41 and a half to 44 and a half. Big movement there. Minnesota on the money line. Uh, they are minus 150 and the comeback on the New York Jets plus 130. All right, guys, interesting matchup between uh, the surprising Jets and the Vikings. Uh, you know, are the Jets for real as they've made this quarterback change? And is it time for the Vikings to prove that they are one of the best teams in the NFC? It's absolutely time for the Vikings to prove that. But let's talk about the Jets really quick and competence at quarterback. Mike White on a sloppy ass day in Chicago. There's 315 yards and three touchdowns. Like, why are we even having this? We're still on plan with Zach Wilson. He's going to have to do it. Who cares? Zach Wilson hasn't had a day like Mike White had in his career yet. The guy, he, he, last year, uh, he beat Cincy throwing for 405 yards. The guy can play. Like, at some point, you just got to say, he just needed his opportunity, and he got his opportunity, ran with it. And he did it without his star running backs. Michael Carter got hurt in this game. Obviously, Brees Hall is out. Tiki will love this. James Robinson uh, is is persona non grata, healthy scratch. And they and they get a guy, they hire a guy named Zenovian Knight. By the way, that not the awesomest Bam. Bam. Yeah. Call him Bam, it, buddy. Isn't that, isn't that not the best name ever yeah, solid. in football? Most yards by a rookie. <laughs> For the Jets on the ground since 1964. What? Yeah. Who is this guy? Crazy. No, he's, a, he's actually a really good player, Ronde. I saw. I called his game at NC State when they beat Clemson a couple of years ago. Bam Knight. Mm. He's been stuck on the bench because of the situation that the Jets found themselves in, where they drafted Brees Hall and they already had Michael Carter on the bench. But with James Robinson being ineffective, let's say, and not quite up to date on the playbook. They went with Bam, who'd been in the system longer, and he exploded, not just as a runner, but as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, the big difference, because I'm obviously doing New York sports covering WF on WFAN, between Mike White and Zach Wilson, is that Mike White knows what the hell he's doing. The challenge with Mike White, though, is that he has to escape his draft and post-draft circumstances. So he's drafted in the fifth round by the Dallas Cowboys, cut after the season, picked up by the Jets, released five times down in the practice squad, and ultimately gets a shot last year because of injuries. And he looked great, but then he got hurt, and he never got another chance to play again. Right. Now, if you're the Jets, what do you do? You have this really good young player who's been in the league four years but hasn't played a lot, and you drafted a guy in the, with the second overall pick in Zach Wilson. Are you really going to give Mike White a chance to win that job? The answer is no. But no. the problem is that Zach Wilson is swimming. He has no idea how to be an NFL quarterback. And because Greg Knapp, the quarterback coach that they hired uh, his first year, passed away unexpectedly in a horrible bike accident, and then they had a rookie head coach and a rookie offensive coordinator, and then Brian Calabrese, who's never been a quarterback coach, Zach Wilson had nobody to teach him how to be a quarterback in the National Football League. And as a result, the Jets have stunk because of it. You throw in Mike White, who's more mature, who the guys love him. In fact, they call him Mike, Mike effing White uh, in the New York Jets locker. locker. They nice. More, most importantly, he knows what to do, right? He gets his fifth step. His first read's not there. Let me throw it to my running back. Zach Wilson's time to release was like 3.4 seconds, 3.2 seconds. Mike White, 
2.4 seconds, right? Get rid of the ball. Let your playmakers, which there are plenty on this team, take advantage of having the ball in their hands. Oh, and then on the defensive side, they had the best offseason in the National Football League. You bring in DJ Reed, you obviously draft Sauce Gardner, whose completion uh, percentage against is 41% which is second in the league to Jadobi Awuzie. Uh, and so wow. your defense has been great. Oh, and Quinnen Williams, he's an all-pro. He's the new Aaron Donald. So that's why this Jets team, with a competent quarterback, actually has a chance to do something this year. And so why Jets fans have been screaming at the radio and the TV for weeks, put Zach on the bench and give us a chance to win games. And Mike White gives them a chance to win games. I agree with you, Teak. The Jets' fifth total in defense, giving up the fourth fewest points allowed. They can win with their defense. They just needed somebody to do it on the other side of the ball. And it's not, did you let your team down? No, it's not the answer. <laughs> Mike White lifted them up. I, I think back to uh, what Minnesota Vikings can do. This is a team that is, they're still struggling, man. I know they're, I know they got a great record. But if, if without two special teams play, a kickoff return for a touchdown right after yeah. the right after the the, the score, uh, the other team scored, and then they had a muff punt to let them back in that game. They are still a team that's eight and two that doesn't look quite like an eight and two football team. So this is this is going to be a good. I think this is a better matchup than people might want to give it credit. Oh, without for. a doubt, Ronnie, this might be one of the matchups of the weekend because Harris yeah. is having a resurgent season, second or third in the league at four interceptions, but Kirk Cousins. As we talk about him all the time, but he's actually on his career low of yards per That's attempt and, yeah. and completion percentage. It's not, it's still good. It's 65%, but they depend so heavily on Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson's a stud. Most yards per, per game of any player in the history of the National Football League. Let that sink in. Justin Jefferson, most yards per game of any player in the NFL, but they can be had, as we've talked many times over the last couple of weeks. Your take a few weeks ago, Tiki, was spot on when you saw Zach Wilson on the sidelines watching Mike White do what he was doing. Let's just say he didn't look thrilled to see what was taking place on the field. I'll leave it with that. All right, we need to get to our picks. So we come in current odds, according to Superbook.com, the Minnesota Vikings at home, uh, a field goal favorite at minus three, and the point total sitting at 44 and a half. Rondé, you're up. Who are you going with in this matchup? I think this is the best game of the weekend other than probably Cincinnati and Kansas City. And Minnesota, I think, struggles again just because they're going up against one of the best defenses. The Salah and his group are very good, very disciplined group of players. They'll find a way to deal with Justin Jefferson in his 2100 yard games and 100 yard receiving yards and 44 games. That's just stupid. Randy Moss, is the, he beat Randy Moss in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> Let that sink in. That's the sinking in number. I think I think Mike LaFleur with a good quarterback is, is their offensive coordinator finds a way to cover three points here. Even on the road, this Jets team, I think, has done surprising people. I think they're actually pretty good. Yeah, no, Rondé, they are pretty good. You see it every week. Uh, by the way, you mentioned that they are a top four scoring defense and a top five total defense. They didn't start the season that way. They were right. on the road. And so the fact that 11 weeks in, going into week 12, they are top tells you how much they've improved uh, just in the last few weeks. In fact, PFF has them as the number one defense in football. So I'm going. I'm going Rondé. Give me a road dog here. Uh, land uh, getting three points. Uh, the New York Jets, who I probably take on the money line. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, nice. I, I believe that this offense is now explosive. And the greatest takeaway 
from that game last week against the Chicago Bears in the pouring rain, as Rondé alluded to, was that they looked like they were having fun. Like before this seat, before that game, they looked like a bunch of miserable, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they look like they're having fun right now. Maybe Wilson was upset about the rain. I don't know. I, I'm so stoked to see Sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson. I mean, Rondé, you got to be just like so pumped up to see that. Uh, I mean, Gardner has been so great this season, held his own against Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, and now he's got another opportunity just to show what he can do. The biggest question coming into the season with the Vikings was about their defense. And after a solid beginning of the season, they're now being exposed. They rank 23rd overall, 27th against the pass. Who's on the Mike White hype train? If he plays well, I think the Jets have a great chance to pull off the upset. I'm with Tiki. I like them on the money line, too. I'm flying with the Jets and the points. All right, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Superbook Sports. No other wagering website is offering more original content than Superbook. Check it out at Superbook.com. Get in on all the college football bowl season, which is coming up. Of course, the World Cup and the NFL. We have a big AFC versus NFC matchup in game three when the seven and four and AFC South leading Tennessee Titans travel to Philly to take on the 10 and one NFC East leading Eagles in, I guess we could call it the AJ Brown game guys of, (laughs) of course, Eagles star receiver acquired in a trade with the Titans. Uh, He has been a key to the Eagles success on offense, but these teams don't let you, you know, don't look at those stats. They love to run the ball. Uh, Titans an impressive eight and three against the spread coming off a tough home loss to the Bengals while the Eagles took out the Packers on Monday night football. They enter into this game guys with a six and five record against the mark opening odds. According to superbook.com, the Eagles came in as a touchdown favorite point total 45 and a half money coming in on those Tennessee Titans. The line has moved down to Eagles minus five and the total sits at 44 and a half on the money line. The Eagles are minus 220 and Tennessee is a plus 190. Very interesting matchup as we look at two top teams guys in the NFC. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, this is such an interesting game because both of these teams want to run the football. And with Tennessee, it's clearly with Derrick Henry, who's the second leading rusher in the National Football League. Surprise, surprise, Josh Jacobs, who's been beasting it uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders. I know, like, where the hell did that come from? But they like to run the football, these two teams. And the the Tennessee Titans get it done with their workhorse, who is showing no ill effects of the injury from last season. Whereas the Eagles, they get it done by committee. And a lot of that committee is with their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who rushed for over 150 yards last week on their way to 360 rushing yards against the Green Bay Packers. Come on, Pack. What happened to the pride out there? Uh, But this isn't it's going to be a slowed down game, I feel like. Right. At least that's what they want to do. But something strange has happened with Tennessee. That is, Ryan Tannehill might be actually trying to prove that he's a quarterback. Uh, three, two, uh, three games in a row, actually, of 250-plus passing yards. And so they found a little bit more to this offense than, oh, I'm just going to hand it off for three yards in a crowd of dust and hope that Derrick Henry rips off a couple of 20-yarders. Whereas Philly, who has been 
unbelievable on both sides of the ball all season long. This is more of a let's weather the storm. Let's take the punches to the body blows and hopefully not get knocked <laughs> out in time for us to do something miraculous with our own emerging star at quarterback and Jalen Hurts. So I, this is this is going to be a really good matchup. It's one of those sneaky good ones. It didn't look good when you first looked at it because where we think Tennessee is, but Tennessee's on the come. And obviously Philly has been there for a long time. And at nine wins on their way to 10, that puts them in, in rare circumstances for themselves because once they get the 10 wins they generally get to the nfc championship game or the super bowl right this 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 is the same team that was the best team in the afc last year that we just can't believe was the best team in the afc last year they're finding ways to continue to be the best team in the in the afc doing what everybody knows they can do i feel like when you talk about Tennessee, there's not much to talk about. Like, we, we talk about the same thing every single week. They Absolutely. play close to the best. You're going to turn around and give it to their the bruising best back in football and, and Derrick Henry and expect them to win that way. But this, last week when uh, when Brian Tannehill threw for 291 yards and, and, and uh, unfortunately couldn't score in the red zone, if they would have scored in the red zone last week, they win. They win that football game. Yeah. I am I am reluctantly believing that Tennessee's formula works it, somehow or another. It works. They play great defense. Um, they they find a way to win regardless of whatever the circumstances are. And this will be another game where they're going to have to do that. What's What's interesting to me about Philadelphia is that Jalen Hurts is really starting to make me a believer. Because uh, at the end of the day, you're still kind of, is he a real quarterback or is he just a running back playing quarterback? This mm -hmm. dude can throw the football. He had more rushing yards and passing yards last week, but he did what he had to do, right? It, it, it was the type of game where he needed to rush for 103 yards, be their leading rusher, and it worked out for him. That's why That's why they are what they are. They can, they can find different ways, and they're not scared to find different ways to use their quarterback to win football games. They had their scare, right? They lost to Washington. They had that close game to Indy, and they found a way to win those those football games now you talk about the aj brown game aj brown don't don't sleep on him right he's on a running football team and he's still the ninth best receiver in football in terms of yards that will will never be lost a man he's coming into this game wanting to prove something to the team that traded him kind of unexpected unexpectedly during the offseason good for him he's in a great situation he found himself in a great great situation there's one thing that worries me about philly though is that C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who has been uh, – they moved him to safety. He's no longer a slot corner. He, he was having the best career of his uh, – year of his career. He's out. He's got a knee injury. I don't know that they can – I don't know that they can replace his production. So that in itself gives you some pause, especially against the passing offense in Tennessee that is really kind of trying, starting to find its way. So th this one, like you said, Tiki, is one of those games that's sneaky, sneaky good. Two really good football teams to do it the old-fashioned way, uh, going up in a matchup in Week 13. I think this is gonna you, you, this is must-see TV. If you got red zone, you don't feel like watching this boring game. Definitely pay attention to it. Yeah, this is going to be a grind, as we call it in MMA. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, smash mouth football. Eagles came in as a seven-point favorite at the beginning of the week. That line has moved down to Eagles minus five. And you mentioned A.J. Brown. He has something to prove. But I think the Titans also have something to prove, showing that they can win without him. Let's get to the picks. Tiki, you're up. Who do you like in this matchup? I've been uh, away dogs uh, for the first two. I'm going to go the home favorite in this one. Give me Philly. 
laying five points here. I think two field goals or a touchdown difference is probably feels right to me, uh, mainly because of what Rondé was alluding to about Jalen Hurts. This kid is a winner, man. He's been this way since he was in high school, his first couple of years at Alabama. Obviously, he took them to a national championship, although all, even though Tua won the national championship. He goes to Oklahoma, reinvents himself, becomes a great passer in Lane Kiffin's offense. Uh, not Lane Kiffin, and in I'm forgetting the coordinator's office. Um, but anyways, he becomes a, he becomes a great passer out in Oklahoma and then ultimately gets drafted oh. to be a backup, right? And so he turns into whoever a team needs him to be. And I think this game comes down to the last possession, and I think they score a touchdown to win it. I, I tell you what, if Philly has one job, one job only, like just what every other team says when they go they to place the team, make <laughs> – Ryan Tannehill beat you. And I would take Philly secondary, uh, uh, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, uh, uh, over any receiver on the Tennessee Titans team. So in that regard, I, I tend to agree with you. But look, this Titans defense, this was the second game. Last week was only the second game where they allowed a team to score 20 points, and they scored 20. They've told teams to 17 points per game. That is a winning formula for this football team. And I think they're going to find a way to do that again. I trust Mike Vrabel. I haven't picked them a lot this year uh, They because they, just I just don't believe in them. I don't believe in their quarterback. You stop Derrick Henry, they, they lose. But I, I think Mike Vrabel will find a way to beat this football team because they're so similar. In, in similar games, their coach wins. And right now, I think that Mike Vrabel might have a better formula than, than Sirianni. And th- this one, this one's going to be fun. Five points is, I think you're right, Tiki, the perfect number. And I think Tennessee finds a way to cover it. All right, so finally we get a little disagreement between the Barber brothers. Rondé going with Tennessee, and Tiki will take Philly. Uh, I love how you describe that, Rondé. These teams are almost like looking in the mirror, so similar. Eagles running over everybody on the third best rushing attack in the NFL. But here come the Titans who have made a living stopping running backs, only giving up 84 and a half rushing yards per game this year. I still can't figure out the Tennessee Titans. Are they good or not? I don't, I don't know, but they are good at covering the spread. We know that we said that eight and three, but in five games they've played against teams with winning records. They've gone one and four, Mm. but traditionally the Titans somehow win games they're not supposed to. Uh, you look at their record against the spread. I think they love to play the role of Rocky and spoiler in Rocky's hometown. I'm going to take Tennessee to keep it close and Derrick Henry to be the key to run all over that Philly defense. Give me Tennessee. Well, just in time for the holidays, guys, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year long. No, I'm not talking about the Jelly of the Month Club. I'm talking about Bucket O'Bets. There it is, the holiday version. Once again, no expenses were uh, we, 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 we dug in. We really went crazy this week. We got three wagers in the Bucket of Bets. We're either in on or we're out. Let's uh, let's open up the holiday version here and pull out our first bet. And it is, oh, of course, of course, we got to start off with this one, Tiki. Mm. The U.S., we're talking some World Cup soccer. Uh, and listen, everybody knows the Barbers know football. 
or what we Americans call soccer. Well done, Tiki, as Rondé said. Senegal moving on. Rondé, your pick of Argentina's looking good. But let's talk about the U.S. They knocked off Iran to enter into the uh, final 16. Now they meet the Netherlands on Saturday with a spot in the quarterfinals on the line. U.S., a 4-1 to one underdog. Who's in on the red, white, and blue? Uh, by the way, we call it soccer because people in London had to differentiate between rugby, football, rugby, and association football. So they dropped the football and called it rugby. And then they dropped the football and soccer and called it a soch. But then in the slang, they made it a socier, which we shortened to soccer. So soccer comes from London. It doesn't come from the United States. So stop killing us on what we call a <laughs> that's what i'm talking U- about these guys know <laughs> give me the old us of a plus 400 look i like the netherlands uh they they ran away with uh, not really ran away but they got through with, with in, in 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 group a uh over senegal and um, they scored some goals and they looked really good but they really don't have a top flight score uh, Kobe Gakpo is there is uh, Cody Gakpo is their top scorer with three goals and he's not even playing high level European soccer right now. He's he's, he's in the local Dutch league. Um, they have great defense and uh, in, 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 in Virgil van Dijk, who's a Liverpool uh, defender, who they've been great in that regard. But the United States have not conceded a goal. Think about that. Walker Zimmerman had a bad foul uh, on Gareth Bale against Wales. That was the only goal that got through the net on Turner against the United States. It was a goal kick. They have not conceded a goal, and they haven't lost the game. Give me the United States to find a way to figure it out. I got to give so much credit uh, to Greg Berhalter, who has no nine. He has uh, wings that don't know how to play with the ball on their feet, yet they find ways of the midfield. And Christian Pulisic, let's pray that he plays in this game, has been the creator of goal number one. And uh, the Weston McKinney lobbed to the header of Serginho Dest into the box that Christian Pulisic put in the goal to win against Iran was one of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen. They're going to find magic against the Netherlands in the knockout round, the round of 16. Give me the U.S. plus 400. Definitely. Grab one of those flags, man. Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Homer too, bro. Look, Serginho, Serginho Dest is a filthy freaking right back. Man, the guy is good, and coincidentally, Serginho Dest, who I thought was one of the best players in that game uh, on Tuesday, Netherlands born. He's a he born born in Dutch town, and the, the guy can play. He's one of the best players on the team. The Netherlands has have have good players. They don't have great players. You know who also doesn't have great players? The United States. They have really good players. But what they do have is a dominant midfield. They're, Tyler Adams, McKinney, whoever else they put alongside them, they find ways to control the game. They've controlled every game that they played in. Against England, who went, ran rapid against two the two other teams in the group, they shut them down, dude. And America, like, and this is obviously we're feeling the American pride here in the round of 16. You, it's hard not to take them. All they have to do is find a way to put the ball in the net, and I think they will shut out the Netherlands. That's, that's Give me just, Burka. 
That's any, America. Wow. I need Josie Altador. Can Josie Altador come out of retirement and just play, <laughs> be a post-up number nine for, for America? They'll find a way to score a goal. Uh, I'm with you, Teague. And it's not just because of home pride. I think this America team is good. They've been really kind of gearing up for the, for the uh, World Cup in four years. But this team is competitive, man. They find ways to stay in games. And I think they can sneak away a win. Now, when they get to the next round, it might be a little bit different. But this one, I'm, I'm taking plus 400 on these guys. Amazing insight from both the Barber brothers. I'm sure the Superbook at the Westgate is loving the fact <laughs> the U.S. moved on to the knockout round. I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you two. Are you kidding me? 100% USA fever. Let's go red, white, and blue. All right. Let's move on to our second bet. In the bucket of bets, see what we got today. All right, we're going back. We're going back to school on this one, guys. Let me set this up before we break it down. Uh, college football playoff rankings saw Michigan and TCU both move up to number two and number three, and one loss. USC entering into the four-team field. Of course, Georgia's still holding that number one spot. Michigan's beatdown of then number two, Ohio State, knocked the Buckeyes down to number five. However, they still have a shot as USC takes on Utah in the Pac-12 title game. They lost to Utah earlier in the season. If they do, they could fall out, and Ohio State could take their place. A long setup, I know, for this bucket Obat, but we've got – she's hitting microphones. Uh, can the dominoes fall in Ohio State's way, and can they make a run, guys? Are you taking – the Buckeyes to win the national championship with 14 to one odds. 14 to one. I don't think they get in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it, you're, you're, you're half betting that uh, Utah team that beat USC earlier in the year can beat them again. I don't think that's happening. The other one is Kansas state playing TCU in the big 12 mm-hmm. championship and Kansas state, Sneaky is a good football team. Mm. They lost three games to one to TCU, one to Texas, and the other one was a Tulane. But they moved to Will Howard at quarterback, and they might might be able to beat TCU in this championship game. But I just I don't see it. TCU just finds ways to win, and I think both of those teams win. Obviously, I think Georgia's going to beat LSU. I don't think Michigan's going to have any problem with uh, Purdue. I think the top four stay the top four at the end of the day. My Kansas State people might hate me for saying that, but I just don't. I don't think that Ohio State's going to get in there. I wouldn't even take this bet because I don't think they're going to get in there. Yeah, I really got to think about who loses a conference championship. Right. I'm calling Michigan Purdue. I think Michigan destroys them. Michigan right. who happened their way in. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh has a quarterback. Guess what? They're dominant. Um, right. So they're not losing. Uh, Ronnie just analyzed TCU for you. Uh, yeah. um, USC, I don't, I don't, Lincoln Riley is a marvel. We know what he did in Oklahoma. He took them to the college, the Final Four. And he has the Heisman, Heisman, basically the Heisman Bill, Trophy. Bill, winner. Bill Williams winning the Heisman Trophy, right? I don't, yeah, I can't agreed. see them losing. So the only way that this works is if Georgia loses to a three-loss LSU squad who just screwed it all up because they lost to Texas A&M. But Georgia could lose, right? That's the one team that I could say I could see Georgia losing the SEC championship. The problem is they've been so good that I think even if they lose, going from number one, they only fall to number four. Right? A, 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 a conference, SEC, best conference in football, runner-up with one loss as opposed to 
a non-conference participant with also one loss in Ohio State, I think Georgia stays in. So I can't take this bet like Rondé because I don't see the avenue for Ohio State to get in unless we get a massive upset, say Utah over USC um, or, or Purdue beats Michigan. I agree. That's the the you mentioned Utah and USC. I know you guys don't stay up to watch the Pac-12 after dark, but that's what I do in this world. Uh, and Utah's win over USC, they could do it again. Do not sleep on the Utes. It's a tough team with a lot of weapons on offense, but it took a remarkable comeback and a two-point conversion with 48 seconds left in that game for Utah to come back at home, too. Yeah. I think uh, I don't think the, the Trojans will slip up. Uh, so I don't see how the Buckeyes get in. Uh, and even if they did, uh, they would have a long road to win the national championship. So I'm out too. And listen, just because, you know, we, we own up on this show, but we don't take enough time to, to praise our accomplishments too. The three of us told everyone last week, Hey, take Michigan and yep. the points. And they came through big time. So a little pat on the back for us. Maybe we should change this to a college football team. <laughs> They destroyed it. Destroyed yeah, it. Was it. fantastic. Absolutely. And they didn't have right. He didn't play. No, exactly. 206 yards. And he's the backup. It's unreal. Unreal. All right. Maybe our last bet from the Bucket O Bets. And we go back to the NFL. Ooh, I like this one. Rematch of last season's AFC Championship game. When the top seed in the AFC, the Chiefs, look to avenge that title game loss when they take on the surging Bengals, who have won three straight first place. Bengals getting two. Actually, it just changed. That's two points. I saw it right now. People are taking the Bengals at home. Uh, who do you like? Are you going to take the Bengals at home plus the two points? Whew. Bengals at home, two points. That seems like a pretty good bet. I know that the the Chiefs are what one what they've won five in a row. Their last loss was to Buffalo. Every time I watch the Chiefs play, it just doesn't feel like they're going to lose. They they just whoever that he's throwing a football to a wide receiver and Travis Kelsey plus Travis Kelsey, they find ways to win. They have a, a somewhat dynamic defense. They're not great, but they find a way to make enough plays. Chris Jones is going to pressure the quarterback. He's going to. We haven't talked about. Uh, about Cincinnati giving up a lot of sacks. I think they're going to give up a lot of sacks in this game. But it, it, the, the Cincinnati, <laughs> uh, they were my homer team last year. I can't quite make them my homer team this year because I think that Kansas City is just the better team. There's no game that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes can't win. Two points is – not enough for me. I, I I think Kansas City. I think Kansas City has this one, man. They just no, they're yeah. just that team, dude. They're they are that. In history, you can't ignore the Kansas City Chiefs have won twenty six straight games in November and December. 20- that's real. That's 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 sick. Yeah, and you're not even talking about the running back Pacheco from uh, from Rutgers. He's been amazing. So they just they redevelop weapons. You lose Travis. Uh, you lose uh, Tyreek Hill. You go find someone else to fill in the hole. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He can he can rise in the ocean, man. <laughs> dude is the dude is special. So yeah, I got I think they're covering this. I think they're covering it pretty big. 
Bengals eight and three against the spread. Chiefs covering only 40% of the time this season, four, six, and one, but uh, they do look pretty solid on the road with when they uh, cover the spread. I mean, are the Bengals, you know, Patrick Mahomes kryptonite? Um, Mahomes 0-2 against Burrow and the Bengals, uh, but they are on fire right now. I, it's hard for me to go against the Chiefs as, as well. This is going to be a shootout. Uh, you know what, though? I'm going to just break it up because Jamar Chase, if he comes back, he torched the Chiefs last year. I think 266 yards receiving. Uh, Bengals have won three straight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there's going to be a shootout, maybe one point. Give me the Bengals. Like it. All right. There we go. Took a chance this week. Uh, well, I'm, I'm afraid to add up the scores next week, fellas, but, <laughs> but we had to do it. You got to make a comeback. It's December and this is crunch time. Uh, that's going to do it. I hate to say it, man. Uh, that's going to do it for another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered, of course, by Superbook Sports. As always, we appreciate your support and we ask you to please take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Betting with the Barbers available on Spotify. Apple Music, and of course at Superbook.com. All right, crunch time. Give us your final take, fellas, before the Bills and the Patriots battle it out on Thursday night football. The New York Giants have to beat the Washington Commanders. If they don't, their hanging on playoff hopes might be dashed. you got to win against the Commanders. Let's go G-Men. That's a good one, T. Yeah, I know you're a homer. That's a good one. Another rivalry game in Tampa, too, by the way. Bucks can't beat the Saints. The winner is going to be have six wins and be in the lead in the South. Ah, it's ugly. Oh, God, I want to go to Ohio and watch football instead. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah. <laughs> well done. All I want for Christmas is prime time. Deion Sanders. Come to Boulder, Colorado. Let's go see you. It's reported, guys. He's going to make an announcement this Sunday. It, it can't get any worse here in Boulder. But, you know, we did win a national championship once. I do have to throw that out there. Just there's just remember it. It was a long, long time ago. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of Betting with the Barbers. For my partners, Tiki and Rondé Barber, I'm Ron Cruck. Make sure you're following us on social media at Tiki Barber, at Rondé Barber, at R. Cruck, and of course, at Superbook Sports. Enjoy the games, everyone. You've been locked into the Betting with a Barbers podcast. 10-5, touchdown Tiki Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins' weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. network.